Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We play some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Football Sunday. I saw this uh, on Twitter. Uh, if you missed the first hour, Lodge Hub Tower podcast will be up. And uh, we talked about the Chiefs and the Titans game, as well as some Blazers and, as, and some food, too. Uh, and then this hour, we got Hater Love It coming up at 1030 and Niners Packers talk coming up next. But I saw this on Twitter. Philip Rivers leaving San Diego as his home, moving to Florida, wants to be closer to family, quote unquote, uh, but also could be a signal that his time with the Los Angeles Chargers is done. Uh, there have been rumors and reports that Tom Brady is selling his home in the Boston area and that his suite at uh, Gillette Stadium is completely cleaned out. So maybe Tom Brady done with the Patriots. There were some there were some thought that that might be the thing that was going to happen. What what's happening? <laughs> I get it. I understand they're both old and teams might be going in different directions, but like those are two of the last three or four guys in the league from when we from the from the old guard now, right? I I cannot picture Tom Brady playing at a different a, a different team. I cannot picture it. I can't picture Philip Rivers playing for a different team. I can't picture it, but yet maybe it's going to happen this year. I, uh, big How pa- weird is big, that? Big Patriots fan, as I have my Patriots hat here that I'll put back on. Uh, that being said, man, I think Brady is done in New England. Um, we remember a couple years ago there was a big controversy about trading um, Garoppolo to San Francisco in favor of keeping Brady. And we all know Belichick wasn't a fan. And it was really Robert Kraft that was on saying the one saying, no, he needs to stay. We need to keep Tom. There's no reason we should have traded, you know, Garoppolo. He's our guy for the future. And Belichick was kind of ready to move on from Tom. And then you look at around at what the Patriots have done offensively, you know, they draft they've drafted some receivers, but they haven't worked out the way you want them to. Yeah, and uh, Kill Harry I thought was gonna be really good and, and he, he did wasn't, not look and, very and good. And he wasn't. You know, you you've gone really heavy for the past few years on defensive linemen, and I think it p- paid off for you because your defense has been much improved over the past few years. But offensively, losing Gronkowski, that was that was his his go to. You know, and mind you, Randy Moss was a one year thing. Brady yep. DeMoss, that was only for a year. The next year Br- Brady got hurt and missed the entire season. They didn't get to play to, uh, together anymore. Man, for most of Brady's, you know, dominance for this past decade, it's been Gronkowski and Edelman and, you know, guys like Amendola. And most of those guys are gone. Edelman is older. He's constantly banged up. Like, the things that he's used to seeing. What was the report that he was playing through, like, 
a broken, a broken like forearm or ribs, ribs or something. Yeah, the entire something season? stupid. Yeah, you know that, and that's crazy. What? At the end of the season, we're hearing about a lot of guys saying they played through torn Achilles and broken wrist and Did, broken yeah, everything. I saw that. Did you see that? It was like, ben how does that Watson happen? Watson played through a torn Achilles. Yeah, through, through most of the season. How? Like that. I think how people, are you moving? I don't know. It's it's he's a beast for it. And but again, you probably messed it's up a your beast or an idiot. You messed up your foot for. Uh, arguably the rest of your life, you know, quite possibly playing on that for a whole year. And I think that was the case for the Pats, you know, going to that AFC or the first round of the champ or excuse me, of the playoffs, man, they had like eight guys on the inactive list, you know, guys that are key parts of that team. And I think Brady just his body is not, I'm not gonna say breaking down, but it's getting older. The, the, the ball doesn't have as much air underneath it anymore. You know, it's not as, doesn't not as much sharp air in it. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, uh, yeah. I see where you're going with uh-huh. that. It's, it's just not as sharp as he used to be. And I think they're just ready to move on. I think there are some places that Brady can still go. And the same with Phillip Rivers. You know, Phillip Rivers is just, he's starting to turn into Eli, almost. It's weird, right? Like, Phillip Rivers is throwing picks that Eli started throwing yeah, towards well, the end of the run. Phillip like, Rivers can't throw the football anymore. I all mean, of a, And it was all of a sudden because he was one of uh, the best passers in all of the league. And now all of a sudden, like, he's just throwing to the other team. Like, he's Eli Manning. It's the weirdest thing for Phillip Rivers. But I still think there's a place for him because, again, you get a – all pro, you know, really Hall of Fame quarterback like Phillip Rivers, because that's what he'll be. You know, he's going to be one of those guys that's like, uh, and you were talking about Dan Marino a little earlier, who's got all these passing stats and everything like that, but just doesn't have the hardware. If he can find himself in a situation like Peyton found himself, same with Brady, like you could be looking at some guys that could be competing for Super Bowls again. But I thought this would happen as far as Brady was concerned. He and Belichick just haven't been – there, a name we haven't heard in a long time is Alex Guerrero. Remember that whole thing and the whole, you know, the the TB12 12. and everything like that. And, you know, we haven't heard a lot about that since we heard about the rift between Brady and Belichick. And I just think it might be time for them to, you know, part ways. You know, it's always been the system because you can't say Brady without saying Belichick and vice versa. Like, they all their success has come together. And so what happens when they're not together? And I think now we'll be able to see. I just... Uh, specifically with Rivers, I wonder, your point is, is valid, does he have it anymore? I think he might just, uh, he might not, but he should just retire. Uh, Make some he, more babies. He, he's always had, <laughs> he doesn't need more babies. Uh, he's always had that weird shot put throw, right? The one where he just kind of like slings it out of his arm. But you're right, this year, I mean, it looks like a dying goose every time he throws it up into the air. It's like, what is happening? And he threw so many picks, and the picks this year were awful passes. I watched a lot of Philip Rivers this year because I had him in fantasy, and it was like, "What are you? Do- what are you doing, fam? Like this is that, a- it's like that 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 funny video. Oh no, baby, what are you doing? Oh no, baby, what is you doing? What is you doing? Yeah, <laughs> I so I was thinking like, oh my god, what is that throw? And he's always been a little bit like that, right? He's always had a little bit of that Brett Favre of like, ah, I'm just gonna throw the ball down the field and hope for the best kind of mentality. But he can't throw the ball down the field anymore because he has no arm strength anymore. Uh, to me. I feel like Philip Rivers should retire. So okay, so I still feel like Brady has a little bit left. Let me ask you this: Where does somebody like Philip Rivers, if he doesn't retire, because I'm with you, I feel like he should kind of hang him up. I still think Brady has. It's weird because he's older. I still think he has a little bit left to give. You You, know, you could tell he's not the same anymore, obviously, but he's still got it. Yeah, because you know, if you look at all the the issues for the Patriots, and I think we kind of talked about that on the show, is very few of them have to do with Brady. You know, his ability to pass, his ability to hang in the pocket and everything, he's he's still good at that. It was the, the pieces around him weren't great. So I still think Brady can have a, a good final run somewhere. 
if let's just go ahead and say that uh, Philip Rivers doesn't resign or he doesn't come back to the Chargers, where is a team that you think he can land and really have a, a, a nice, successful run? A team that currently is looking for a quarterback and might have some pieces around them to do some things. Uh, I mean, the first thought that comes to mind, and the, I don't, I don't think they would do this, but a team that isn't set at what their decision is going to be is maybe the Bucks. But he's moving to Florida, so that that makes sense if that's the case. They haven't they haven't decided if they're sticking with Jameis. They've got good talent there. You got Evans, you got Godwin, you got good running backs there. I mean, you've got a couple of good tight ends. You, if they want to go with him, I don't think that'd be that bad of an idea. It's too much of a vertical passing scheme though for a guy whose arm's about to fall off. I'm just I'm trying to think of teams that are need a quarterback but are also really good. And yeah. I, I don't think there's a lot of those in the NFL right now, to be honest with you. No. I'm not sure there's a lot of teams that are like that close but don't have the guy, right? Um, like you might say, like, oh, the Vikings. But Kirk Cousins got him pretty far this year. I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't amazing. What about a team like Jacksonville? You've got a guy in Folk who's find a Foles, excuse me, who find himself hurt well, he's sometimes. Done. Yeah. You know, yeah, and so and next, he's done for it's this. It's Gardner Minshew's uh Gardner Minshew's team now, baby. I mean, it, it don't could you dare very take well that be. away from Gardner Minshew. It could very well be, but if Colts, it, maybe the Colts, you know, it's one of those things. But I think Brady could end up in, in the Colts or a Panther. Oh, Panthers is a decent Panthers one. Panthers is an, another good one. But I think that they're planning on maybe doing a one-year reset. I, I remember reading somewhere that Matt Rule wants to kind of shed the old team and bring his own stu- own people in because he's very culture-based. So he might want to kind of bring guys in who believe in his culture, which is going to be tougher in the NFL than it was in college to, to do. So th- that could be a decent one too, yeah. And, and that, for, for another example, that, that allows Cam Newton into the conversation as well. Cam Newton's going to be a guy this year like, where's he going to go, right? Maybe he's Tampa. Maybe, Maybe Cam Newton fits Tampa better because he still has. I know his. We we made the jokes last couple of years that his arm was dead because he had a shoulder injury, but I think he can still throw the football better than Philip Rivers. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> no, uh, he's he's got the power. He just I don't necessarily what, has the accuracy. What about a place like Chicago or Miami? You know, there's some places that I think Chicago's out on Trubisky. I think that I don't know about that. You don't think so? I think I, Trubisky's I think on a short leash. I'll I give him to week four I think until they can, pull the plug. Maybe. I mean, he sucks, but I think that they've committed to him. And there's a guy. Oh, I'm going to forget his name. Sorry. We talked about this the other day and I, I, I had it on the top of my head. They brought in a new coordinator, a new quarterbacks coach who has been regarded as a guy who can kind of save quarterbacks. So I guess it's like their last hurrah of trying to save Mitch Trubisky before they make a, a different decision. But I mean, because to be fair, the Bears have a lot of opp- opportunities to get better quarterbacks in this year. But they're like, yeah, no, Trubisky is our guy. So, but yeah, that's another team. That's a good option too. It's just going to be weird to me. If both of the, let's say both the guys leave, right. And Cam Newton leaves too. They're going to be on three different teams. It's like Joe Montana on the chiefs. It's like, what is this? It's going to look strange. <laughs> what it's, is this? It's going to be Patrick Ewing in a magic Jersey or yeah. Elijah Wan in a Raptors Jersey. It's just certain things. Just look Jordan in a wizard's Jersey. You know what I mean? It's just, some things are going to look a little bit, strange you know at first and but Peyton and a Broncos jersey still looks strange to me you know because I'm so used to seeing him in that white and blue this text says Elway's probably looking to sign River shut up texter <laughs> okay let no me ask he's you, not would, would you be okay with that no not at all what about them signing Brady no Jesse no. would well, you take Tom Je- Brady right now as your quarterback Jesse loves Drew Locke. hell no yeah hell no hell hell to the okay. no uh, I definitely did not want Philip Rivers. A, I think he's uh, a douche, and B, I hated the Chargers forever. But uh, the right team, I would take Tom Brady. But no, not not like the Denver Broncos. Denver believes in Drew Locke, and they want to give him a full year. If they if they take Brady, then you 
You don't have the talent. You to... hurt, you, well, first of all, you hurt the development of your quarterback. Yeah. But second of all, yeah, I mean, you've got one receiver. <laughs> yeah, you got. Uh, it's not like when you brought in Manning and you were looking at like you're like, oh yeah, there's a lot to work with here. Like like you have one really good receiver, I a, a good running back, a poor offensive line, and a tight end who has still a steep learning curve. That's that's not a success for Tom Brady to no. make another AFC Championship game. No. It's just going to be very, very strange. And, I, and when I saw the tweet that Philip Rivers was moving away from Southern California, just I think we might be seeing the dominoes start to fall here a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason. That's one for of the sure. Dolphins. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, well, guess <laughs> one of the Dolphins. <laughs> he doesn't want to win anymore, but he wasn't winning anyway, so it's fine. All right, uh, let's get into the Packers and Niners game next. Just how important is that huge win that the Niners had earlier in the year? And what do you think is going to happen in the game tonight? That is next here on Football Sunday on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Coming up next, it is Hated or Love It at 1030. Remember, you can find all the uh, all the podcasts of the station as well as for this show after it's done. The Les Schwab Tires podcast on 1080 thefancom and radio.com app. Niners, Packers. Today, the second game, the NFC Championship game. And the stat that I have for this one that we can spur the conversation with is this marks the 37th time in the Super Bowl era that two teams will meet in the playoffs after one beat the other by at least 25 points in the regular season. The team that won the first meeting, I think you would probably assume won the second meeting pretty handily, right? They have. It's it's better. But they're 22 and 14 in the ensuing matchup. So it's no sure thing that the Niners win over the Packers earlier this year, which was 37 to eight final score, by the way, is an indication of how the game is going to go today. I think a lot of people, though, believe that because of that game, and I've seen a lot of Niners fans feel this way generally over the course of the week, that because of that game, ah, we'll just blow them out again. Defense is fully healthy. Packers didn't look super great against the, the Seahawks last week, or at least they didn't in the second half. Ah, should be an easy win, right? Vegas thinks so. They're seven and a half point favorite, big favorite in the game. Uh, but I, I'm kind of here going, not so fast. A little Lee Corso. Well, not so fast. The the big reason for me that I feel like this game is going to be very close is that when it comes to these kind of games, I very much look at the quarterback battle. And to me, the quarterback battle isn't that close. Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo, Rodgers is better by a decent amount even though he's getting older, even though he's he's also aging like Brady and Rivers like we talked about last last segment. Uh, to me, he's still way better than Garoppolo. I am not fully bought in on the Garoppolo train. I think he's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but like I've said this a couple of times now. To me, he's kind of like Kirk Cousins. Statistically, sometimes he has great games, right? Throws for a lot of yards, throws for a lot of touchdowns. Other times he throws for like 150 in a game. And... I mean, last week we saw the terrible interception that he threw to Kendricks, the linebacker, where you're like, what you, why? What is that throw? And I had, a, I had a friend on Twitter who's a Niners fan basically say, yeah, that's why Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't throw the ball more than seven yards more often than not. I don't trust Garoppolo um, in this game. 
Now, the Niners' defense is so good, and because it's fully healthy, I'm not sure that's going to fully matter. But when I say I think it's going to be way closer than people think, the reason why is because I don't trust Garoppolo, and I do Aaron Rodgers in this situation. Uh, I, I would have to agree with you. I think that's the big thing right now. You have the Hail Mary God. This, this is Aaron Rodgers. You know, we talked about a couple quarterbacks that just are just magic when they're out there, and you just kind of put it in their hands and we'll see you know, type thing. And you're never out of the game because you have those guys. Aaron Rodgers is one of them. And he's somebody that can go out there and really just make a bunch of plays. Now he was in, when they played each other in week 12, he was 0 for 8 for, uh, you know, for passes longer than 10 yards. So him trying to get the ball down the field on that team was a problem. That could be a problem today because now you're looking at a fully healthy 49ers team. Like everybody that didn't play the last game is suited up and ready to go at this point. And you're talking about, you know, Buckner and Ford and Bosa and and, and uh, Eric Armstead and all these these defensive guys. Like that defensive line is insane. Yeah, and it's it's so, absolutely it's, insane. So really, this is going to be a, a battle between. Really, I think the biggest matchup is defensive line for the 49ers against the offensive line of the Packers. Yeah, who's Brian- going? Brian Bulaga did not play in the first game. He is playing tonight. Uh, he's the most important offensive lineman on that. He's the left tackle. But the Packers' offensive line has not been great all year. No. So, and they got absolutely abused, even by a fully not fully healthy Niners team in that game earlier this year. So, uh, yeah, th- look, don't, don't take this conversation as a way to, for me to say I think the Packers win the game. I don't think they do. I think the Niners are the better team. I think the Niners are the best team left out of the four right now in terms of uh, – full complete team um i really 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 like that defense it is i mean watching them last week was a treat if you enjoy watching defense because dalvin cook who's been arguably one of the best running backs in the league this year got nothing nowhere nothing at all kirk cousins was constantly getting pressure on him so i mean if if they can play anywhere near as good as they played last week the packers are a better team than the vikings but it's going to be much the same right no but I just – I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to let that happen. That's all. To me, how many times have we seen – who are the two quarterbacks? That's a better way to ask it. Who are the two quarterbacks in the NFL right now that when the game is on the line and they're down at their own 10-yard line and there's only 40 seconds left, who are the two guys right now that you trust the most to make that that happen, that win happen? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Yeah, exactly. That's it, Yeah. right? So Russell Wilson's done. Rodgers is still here. I trust Rodgers in that moment. I, I, might, I do I might, not trust Jimmy Garoppolo in that moment. I might throw Mahomes in there just because he can do a lot with his feet, and we've seen him make some you know, some pretty good shovel pads and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think outside of those two, that's the only other guy I could put in that conversation to do something. Uh, a text came in. I did not see this. Uh, I noticed the line moved to eight today. So now the Packers are an eight-point underdog. Um, I got it at seven and a half, so I feel like that's not a huge difference because you have the hook in there anyway. But uh, the reason it moved, the person asked why. The reason it moved is probably just a lot of money came in on the Niners to win. Um, maybe it was a big a big better put a ton of money on them, and they're like, oh, we've got to move the line for that because the, the line will move based on the money that, that gets put on the game. Somebody bet a uh, – oh, wait, no, I think it's – Oh, never mind. It was the Titans game. Sorry. Just thinking. Somebody oh, yeah. built a million – bet a million yeah, on the Titans. Yeah, Mattress Mac, the guy yeah. who was betting on the Astros All-World Series, uh, he bet – a ton on the Titans, like plus 300 today. So, wow. That means 1 million. That, and he wins 3 million if he wins. Yes. Yeah. It's good for you. I'm pulling for him. Yeah. He's a, he's an owner of a bunch of mattress stores. So he just puts a bunch of money on I, I need apostropedic, man. Let me know. <laughs> you win that 3 million. That means you got some apostropedics and maybe just, you know, give out. But yeah. So the Niners are, are an eight point favorite now. Um, 
But all of that to say, I don't think the first game matters much in, in, the, in the instance of this game. Yes, it was a blowout. It was a terrible game. The Packers came out afterwards and said they just weren't ready to go. They just didn't have the, the energy to go in that game. They just weren't mentally prepared. Uh, this is the NFC Championship game. If that's the case, again, there's a way bigger problem in that team than just uh, what the problems are right now of not having anybody outside of Devontae Adams to throw the ball to and young head coach and maybe a little bit of controversy between him and Rodgers. If that's the case, there's a much bigger problem, but that's not going to happen today. It's the NFC Championship game. No, yeah. I mean, you can put all that stuff behind you, you know, at least for a day. And uh, this is going to come down to, to head coaching, and it's going to come down to those two things. For me, it's going to be the offensive line versus the defensive line, and then uh, which head coach is going to be smarter about taking care of the ball and, and making the right play, and who's going to be conservative, and is this the time to where you're going to pull all your tricks you know, out of the bag because – Really, this is the, this is the, this is your Super Bowl. You know, this is this is obviously all the playoffs is win or go home. But you make it this far, you know. You usually see teams pull a, a few extra tricks out, and so we're going to see who's going to do that. If you're asking me, obviously Shanahan is an offensive wizard, and so I would lean closer to Shanahan kind of having his way in that one. But we haven't seen the best from Matt Lafleur yet, I don't believe, and so today uh, might be a good day to see that. <laughs> he did a good job coaching against the New England Patriots, man. Did a great job. I right. took some pages out of Belichick's book. That that was impressive. It's uh, out, out of the three young coaches, who who are you most impressed by at this point? Lafleur, Shanahan, and and Vrabel. Because to me, the answer is Vrabel because of what he's doing with less. Um, Shan- I mean, I think it's easy to say Shanahan, right? Niners are the one seed in the NFC. He's been good there for a couple of years. I just feel like he's got more to work with. That defense is so good. Whereas Vrabel is working with this. I mean, he's got a great running back, but the team isn't necessarily the most well-built team in the world. I I would I would have to say Brable because I feel like Shanahan, we would have to be talking about a package deal because I think John Lynch has to get a lot of credit for what he's been able to build and what he's been able to pull in to San Francisco. So I think because he was able to get a lot of those pieces on defense, uh, it makes Shanahan's off job on offense just that much easier because he didn't have to do a whole bunch. Uh, he did broker the deal for Garoppolo you know, at a point. So that's a good deal for him. But I would probably go ahead and say – uh, it'd be Vrabel as well. A uh, defensive-minded guy who's having this type of offensive production, you don't really see a whole lot, and you got a running back that you can just feed and do whatever with. And so that gives you an opportunity as a defender yourself to really focus on what you were great at, and that's defense. And, you know, so far in the playoffs, uh, this Titans defense has been really impressive. Like, I mean, to be able to hold Brady down and come up with big plays and the big pick to – to end the game was huge. And then to respond the next week and shut down the MVP and make him look, you know, like he's should be on a, on a, a scout team at that point. It was, it's been impressive. So if he can do one more job against Patrick Mahomes, the last year's MVP, he would have shut down two MVPs, uh, the last two MVPs during the playoffs. So I think that'd be awesome. So I'm pulling for them low key. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. I don't really have a rooting interest in this game. I just, I want it to be a good game. You know, when we get down to this point, I don't want any blowouts. I just, I want them to be close, interesting games. So it's really tough for me to think either of these games are going to be blowouts because it's at this point in the season, right? You all made the the title game. You're good enough to be here. Uh, We've seen it from all four of these teams throughout the season. We've seen it with the Titans more recently than the other teams, but still to me, I don't, I don't expect the blowout because you're this good. It might happen, but I don't expect it. All right. Let's take a break. Coming up next, it is time for Hate It or Love It. But first, Jesse has a Sports Center update.
Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means it's time for the competition to get brewing in here as uh, we compete over the glorious prize of hosting the last segment of the show. Uh, if you haven't heard this before, it's Hater Love It. Jesse asks us questions and uh, awards us points based on our answers uh, with a Mario sound effect. So don't get mad about Mario because it's great and he's classic and that's what it sounds like. Um, so, yeah, I think Rashad won last week. So uh, what do you got for us today, Jesse? We, got, I, we asked a lot of new coach questions last week, I remember, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can, we can go back. I mean, we uh, did a Mike McCarthy one. Uh, yep. We did a Lamar Miller trading it, you know, the running backs and then the Rivera one. So a couple, yeah. couple new hires last week. Um, I guess we'll do a championship kind of uh themed one this year and we'll start out with the tennessee titans okay. led by ryan Tannehill. well sub led by, 100 led by henry <laughs> hey, we all know the quarterback is the leader of the team <laughs> they are the face of the team yeah uh no well we all know king henry's the guy that's been the engine of this team but uh a, lot, a, great of, a lot of praise going to Ryan Tannehill. Oh, changing this. Look at what's happened once Ryan Tannehill took over this team. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> dudes, dudes passed for less than 100 yards in two postseason games. This has nothing to do with Ryan Tannehill. Love or hate, this time next year, we will wonder how a Tannehill-led Titans team made an AFC title run. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say hate on this one because I actually think Tannehill's the right guy for that job. You know they're going to get they're going to give him a contract this year. He's going to be their starting quarterback moving forward. There, I mean you don't you don't get to an AFC title game with a guy. And you're right in the playoffs he hasn't played very well, but he had in the regular season played very well at the end of the year. He's their guy, and I think he's actually going to be pretty good for them. I, this is something that I've always thought about and I've always had in the back of my head. People wrote off Ryan Tannehill like that at the snap of a finger when he was in Miami. And every time I watched him play, I was like, I think he's actually okay. Like, I didn't think he was great, but I was like, people think he sucks. And I'm like, I don't know that he sucks. I think he's actually a pretty good quarterback. He went to the right situation, a team that had a guy who was on the border, right, of whether or not they were going to keep him in Mariota. They decided in the middle of this year to make the change, and he's flourishing. And the, the reason I think they're not going to think this is because Tannehill, watching him play, he's not making stupid mistakes. He fits the ball into tight spots. In the red zone, he's absolutely incredible, which was what Mariota's weakness was, to be honest with you. I mean, he's good. He played really well. So, no, I don't think we're going to be thinking that next year. Thinking what now? I'm sorry. I was listening to intently to what Lynch This time next year, we will be wondering how a t Ryan Tannehill-led team made a AFC title run. Um, I'm going to – I'm going to – jeez. I'm going to love it, uh, just for the simple fact that, like Lynch said, man, Tannehill was a castaway. For for years, he was just another guy that played in the AFC East that nobody really believed in. And still, I still don't believe in, in, in Ryan Tannehill, just because, again, like like you said, man, under 100 yards in two straight playoff games, that almost doesn't happen. We talk about these game managers of, of the future, and I think it's easy to mention Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer because they just happen to be the ones that we can think of most recently that have won Super Bowls based on just being uh, game managers. And as a quarterback, he's probably the worst of the th of those two. So Mariota actually 
showed that he had flashes of, man, some great leadership skills, some ability to throw the ball, those things. He just never really had those weapons. But when you look at what they next year, when you look at this Titans team, you're going to say it was Derrick Henry that did that. You're going to say it was Derrick Henry that put that team on his back, and he was unstoppable. And we, It's, it's going to be the way we talked about Marshawn Lynch for the Seahawks when they went on their first run. He was unstoppable. There was nothing Marshawn could do. Every single time he got the ball, he would take off for six and seven yards, and there was nothing you can do to take him down. We're seeing something similar right there with Derrick Henry. And what, what did they do, the Seahawks? They just rode Marshawn and that defense all the way to the Super Bowl. Now we're seeing a team just like Tennessee that's riding their quarter, excuse me, riding their running back and that defense all the way to here the AFC Championship. So, yes, I think when we talk about it next year, we'll talk about Tannehill being a part of it. Like, if he comes out today and have a great game, that's what we'll remember from the playoffs. But otherwise, it's going to be, man, it was Derrick Henry that did this for the team. Uh, I just saw this come across, by the way, just before Jesse continues. It's a small name, but it's going to be big. I think Adam Humphrey's active for the Titans today. He was a, a very important role, kind of in that slot red zone role for them. So he'll be playing for Tennessee today. He was brought in at like $9 million a year. Like he, they, they had an idea what they wanted to do with him. Um, all right, moving along. Uh, well, let's see here. Let's go with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers, back in the NFC title game, I believe they only won six games last year. I believe they were like 6-9-1, and one, something like that. He's had a lot of injuries the last few years. Yeah, it's been rough. And, you know, I think we all saw that Mike McCarthy had, like, kind of run its course there. There was never a semblance of a running game. And all these complaints, I think, that we had about the Packers and – what Aaron Rodgers didn't have, a lot of that was solved this year. You know, the, a resemblance of a defense, a running game. Their running back led the league in touchdowns uh, at the, the running back position. Love or hate? Because of all of this, we will never see superstar Aaron Rodgers again. So Wait. basically, he has not been a superstar this year. We're talking about oh, a season oh, oh, long oh, oh. of Aaron Rodgers is the guy, superstar man. Okay, I was like... Never see him again. Is he dying? No, no, <laughs> no. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I no, mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Aaron Rodgers is no longer top three quarterback. He is now top seven, eight quarterback. Right. Yeah, that's that's a love for me. I mean, like like I talked about last segment, I still believe in Aaron Rodgers in those crazy moments of what if at the end of the game where I think he's got the magic that he can do it. I think that will always be part of his game because it's just more of a mental thing than it is a physical thing. Although sometimes his throws were pretty crazy. Uh, he still has a great arm. That's for sure. He can still throw the ball down the field, throw that ball over them mountains over there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is getting old now. Aaron Rodgers is, what, 37, 36 years old? So old for an NFL quarterback. It's it's getting to be that point for him, too, where it's not going to be quite as good. Um, you're right. The balance is there, which means that Aaron Jones gets to run the football more. He's going to get more touchdowns. Uh, their offensive line is getting older, too. It's going to have some issues, so he might have less time to throw the ball in the future. You've got one great receiver, and that's it. Yeah, I, I think I could love that. I think this is the, the end of seeing the great Aaron Rodgers. He's now the very good Aaron Rodgers. Still one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Uh, still one of the three or four in the last 15 years that can be considered the best of, the de of this generation of quarterbacks, for sure. Super Bowl winner, as we talked about earlier in the show, very important for legacies. Um, but yeah, in terms of being a, a superstar anymore, probably not. Just a very solid, good quarterback. 
Uh, I I, I uh, love it. Um, if you already noticed, the Patrick Mahomes is already kind of taking over his State Farm uh, commercials, so he's slowly being pushed uh, to the background of the NFL and everything, which is which is fine. Aaron Rodgers for ten years has been undoubtedly the best quarterback in football. Mike, I mean, of course Brady has been great because he's been winning, and you've had guys like Cam and some other ones that have come out. But overall, if you were to ask anybody which quarterback would you take right now to start your franchise, it would have been. Aaron Rodgers because of everything he can do. He's still able to do all those things, but again, now that you're older, he doesn't have to do as much. And again, Lynch mentioned that balance all of a sudden is there. Aaron Jones is a great uh, run, uh, running back, and guys like Jamal Williams back him up. Devontae Adams uh, is emerging as, as a great right receiver. Alan, uh, Alan Zard, not a great receiver yet or a good receiver yet, but he's, you know, a chance he could be. Playing with Jimmy Graham all of a sudden, he's got a chance to really kind of re- revitalize some of his, like that short game that we're not used to seeing Aaron Rodgers have uh, so far. But yeah, man, I think at this point, like with guys getting better and him getting older, uh, I think that day of him being the forefront is over. You got Russell, you got Mahomes, you've got Lamar, you've got, you know, even Kyler and some other ones that are in place right now to be the leaders of the NFL. And I think guys like Brady and Breeze, Aaron Rodgers, their time is about over. All right. Heading into the final round, it is... Mike Lynch with a two-point lead. Ooh. That was a good round for you, Mike. Ooh. Uh, and we Ooh. will uh, take it with this topic. Um, let's go Tom. New Jersey Wait, Devils uh, hockey. Okay, good. We're going to go Tom Brady. Great. Tom Brady. Mr. Brady. Uh, we Great. don't know where he's going to be playing. Could be back in New England. Could be playing for uh, Miami. We don't know. Uh, with that said, love or hate, we will never see... Tom Brady in the AFC Championship again. <laughs> That's funny, by the way. The Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. You know what? Love. Love. Look, we just talked about it last segment. The quarterback change is happening. We now have Patrick Mahomes as the king of the AFC. We now have Lamar Jackson as the MVP in the AFC, who's about to be uh, the the second coming of the king in that division. Um Deshaun Watson with the Houston Texans, despite Bill O'Brien's faults, has made the playoffs the last few years and has looked incredible doing so. Uh, you, I mean, I guess you could even say Josh Allen, as much as I don't like Josh Allen as a quarterback, made the playoffs this year. The Bills are actually pretty good. Um, it's There's a bunch of guys in that league now that are ready to usurp Tom Brady, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, and, and the guys who have been in the AFC forever. If Tom Brady, first of all, if Tom Brady goes to a team that's outside of the AFC, the answer is clearly a love. <laughs> but... Uh, even even if he goes somewhere in the AFC, where is he going? He's going to the Chargers, right? That that's the the number one thing that's talked about going to Southern California. The Chargers aren't making the AFC title game, even with Tom Brady. I'm sorry, the Chargers will charge it for the rest of time. That is that is just written in football law. They will lose so many games by one score when they shouldn't lose it at all that they will never make the AFC title game. And it's just that simple. I think Tom Brady still has some left for sure, but AFC title game, nah. That's for Mahomes and Jackson and those guys now. Yeah, uh, and clearly Ryan Tannehill does. Yeah, I, I I love it as well. Um, Brady has again had a great run, but not being a part of the Patriots organization is really what puts him in that position. You know, every single year. Which he still might be a Patriot. He still might be a Patriot, but the truth is, if he's a Patriot, then there's a good chance that he that they make the AFC Championship game again, just because they just find ways to do that and patch holes and continue to move. 
However, if he goes anywhere else outside of New England, we've seen the last of Tom Brady in this game, which is fine because we've seen him in this game for, what, 15 of his 20 years or so, or 14 of his 20 years or something like that. So enough times to where we've he's been able to win and be successful. But, yeah, man, I think if he goes to any other team uh, that's not set up for success, that's the last we've seen of Brady in the AFC Championship game. Uh, they, I, it'd be a great thing if they renamed it the Tom Brady or Bill Belichick trophy after you go ahead. Seriously, you win that award. Like, I mean, you should be be able to rename uh, that award. But at this point, man, I, I think we've seen the best of what Brady has to offer. Unless he plays for the Patriots again next year, this is the last time we've seen him in the AFC Championship. All right. Tying up the score. Our winner today, Mike Lynch. Thank you. Thank you. I like this text. Bengals rookie Joe Burrow in the 2021 AFC Championship. <laughs> that would be cool. He said just kidding, but uh, I don't know. Burrow's pretty good. You want to chat about that a little bit next? Burrow's a winner. Because we didn't talk about the national title game. That was this past week. Did you know that? It was Monday, yeah. Um, LSU beats Clemson, and Joe Burrow is going to be the number one pick in the NFL to the Bengals. Will he succeed? Next, here, fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Final segment. Very nice to hear that music. Hmm. Always brings you back to a simpler time. I was just singing the Legend of Zelda theme in my head. It was just kind of one of those things, man. There's certain songs that you just that just stick with you. I mean, this is from a stupid online like unicorn game, but brings me back to a simpler time of like sitting at school college like not having any homework to do just like hanging out for the weekend or something and just like sitting on my computer my laptop just playing this game brings me back to that yeah yeah that's cool simpler I, time. I never played this game I was well playing. no i don't think a lot of people did it was like an adult swim game it was i don't know why i liked it so much it was just it was like unicorn jump something it was just funny i don't know that's cool. I don't know. Brings me back to that time and that time of playing a lot of League of Legends with my roommates when the game came out. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, Joe Burrow winning national championship, winning the Heisman Trophy, and hashtag winning. He's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, almost assuredly, by the Cincinnati Bengals, who desperately need a quarterback, as Andy Dalton's time is, is done there. Another guy, by the way, who might start somewhere else. Not that he's in any good. But a lot of guys looking for new jobs, you know, here in a little bit. Um, I always had this question, even though Burrow's been absolutely incredible this year. Like, seriously, watching what he did to Clemson was a ton of fun. He was so good. Um, is that usually the one in the, the surprise one and done guys, the guys who were really good for one year and then leave, they tend to struggle in the NFL. But part of me doesn't think that's going to happen with Joe Burrow. Like, so we had the text of the joke that Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the AFC Championship game in two years. I don't think that's going to happen, but... I, I don't think that it's far-fetched to think Joe Burrow is going to have a lot of success in Cincinnati. I know that people look at that as a, as a franchise that sucks, as a franchise that isn't built well, as a losing culture. They've got some good players in that team. And with a Joe Burrow, if, if he comes in and plays as well as he did at LSU, they're going to win games and be good in a couple of years, I think. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. I, normally, I'm not this bullish on quarterbacks, but man. He's just been so good this year. It's so fun to watch. I mean, he's just he's such a he's such a presence. You know what I mean? Like he in in the pocket, out of the pocket, 
been in the locker room, on the sideline, like Joe Burrow, like you, he stands out. You know what I mean? Like you can tell of all the guys we watch play in the, uh, the playoff, man, you knew who the star was. And Joe Burrow carried himself like a professional quarterback. And so when you look at guys like Andy Dalton, you're like, uh, you know, he's got some tools there. But, man, you pair him with the Joe Mixon and an A.J. Green if he decides to come back and Tyler Boyd and John Ross and Tyler Eifert and <laughs> weapon after weapon after weapon after weapon. Yeah, man, you you put you can put your team in a, in a spot to succeed. I think Joe Burrow is the real deal. You know, it's it's easy for people to say that, you know, and it, he's a college quarterback and college and the pros is much different. But sometimes, man, you can just you can just tell like some guys get it and other guys used to have some question marks about and of all those guys we saw play in the playoff, man, Joe Burrow is the one that for sure right now he he's an NFL quarterback. And going to the Bengals, some people would see that as like a punishment almost. But again, you start looking at what they have on offense to work with, it's like, yeah, we can do some things here. And then on the flip side, Trevor Lawrence looked horrific in that game. The worst I'd seen him play uh, ever. It's his first loss in college. He overthrew a ton of receivers. He was basically just... It almost it almost appeared as if it was the nerves that at some point got to him, which is strange. But uh, yeah, he just he wasn't very good. However, I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be an absolute stud in the NFL. I really do. I, he's got all the intangibles. He's got everything Justin Herbert has, but also has national championships in college. And, and like you said, he's a winner. Uh, yes, he lost this year, but he's a winner. And I like that kind of guy coming out of college. Deshaun Watson was a winner. People weren't sure on Deshaun Watson. Middle of the first round, he's a winner. And you see that on the field. Um, Josh Rosen was never a winner at no. UCLA, right? No. Uh, Sam Darnold was never a winner at USC. A true, like, a, a championship winner. Or even yeah. a really competitive winner. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because we can say that about Herbert. He never won a championship, but you know when Herbert was on the field for the Ducks, it's a different team. Yeah, but I've got a lot of questions about Herbert at the next level, too. A lot. So... I'm just talking, there's a very rare group of people who are just like that, right? That are just winners. And I think that both Burrow and Lawrence are that. Despite Lawrence's performance and despite Burrow only having one great year as a starter because of a good coordinator in there, you can just see it. There, There's a knit factor. And I feel like a lot of people will look at that and go, yeah, but... And, and sometimes that might be true, but most of the time I feel like the yeah, but is just because you don't want to fully trust that that person has what it takes to do it. And we've seen that already. So, I'm. I mean, I, I the think. Way I look at it. I think Burrow is uh, right there as far as um, a sure thing. You know what I mean? Like when we looked back at history, there's certain guys you look at. Man, Luck. When you looked at Andrew Luck, you said, "Man, that was a, a sure thing as far as being a, a great quarterback in the league." And of course, you go back to Elway and Montana and some other ones. But uh, really, since Andrew Luck, I don't know if there's been anybody for me that I've been like. That's a lock right there. Like, that guy is going to have a 12-year NFL career and would shock me if he ended up winning uh, one or at least competing for for one in between there. So uh, I think Joe Burrow is 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 real. And can he find – is his head coach going to be able to, you know, teach him and make let him settle in to the NFL? Because now if you're a first-round head coach – first excuse me, first-round pick, there is no waiting. You know, you're out there year one. With all the money you're getting paid – there's no time for you to sit on the bench and waste $30 million or $15 million that first year. No, you're going to start now, and we need you to go out there and win because I think if you're first-round pick, that's what the expectation is now. So if they can really teach him 
how to play NFL quarterbacks. It's much different than college, even though you play in the SEC. You can learn how to play NFL quarterback. I think Joe Burrow is going to be a, a legit leader. The the one thing to to keep in mind with that is that the NFL has been doing a much better job of not forcing the square peg into the round hole in that situation. Um, they are way more successfully installing college systems or at least college friendly systems than they used to. They used to be West Coast quarterback. Let's go, right? We're running a West Coast offense. That's what we do. That's it. And now, because A, the offensive linemen are getting smaller because the, the teams are going faster in college, and B, the quarterbacks are getting different skill sets, they're changing. Uh, we saw Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, the record wasn't great, but I, I thought he had a good first year as a head coach installing a pretty college-like system with the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray actually looked way better than I thought he would because they like, gave him an offense that fit for him, right? So if the Bengals are, are smart... And they've got a good, uh, I shouldn't say good yet. They have a head coach who's known for being a good offensive mind in Zach Taylor. He should be able to build an offense that is successful around Joe Burrow, not try to fit Joe Burrow into an offense that was successful for He should, Andy but and, and in most cases, that's not what we see. We see head coaches trying to make you fit their mold as far as what their offense needs to be. And then, and so you don't see the full potential of that quarterback. So again, if they can figure out a way to cater that offense to Joe Burrow, you've got a, you got a home run. That's going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy Championship Sunday. If you missed any of the show and you want to go listen back to it, it is going to be on the Les Schwab Tires podcast. And uh, good luck on your bets. Have some good food. Drink some good beer and or wine and or whatever you'd like to drink, bourbon. And we will uh, we'll be back next week. It's going to be Pro Bowl week. It's going to be pretty slow. We'll have a Super Bowl matchup to talk about, obviously. But uh, we will also be here the day of the Super Bowl. So um, we'll probably... We'll probably do a little bit of coaching stuff because we haven't talked a lot about the new coaches yet. We had someone hated or love it, but we'll probably talk about that a little bit next week and uh, see what else comes up and uh, do a little Super Bowl. So that's to come next week, 9 to 11. Have a very good Sunday, and we'll see you then. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.